Hey guys, welcome back to the Landlord Chick Podcast. And today we're going to chat about paint. I know we just talked about lead-based paint, but in this episode, we're going to talk about exterior paint. Because if you've been following my Instagram stories the past couple of weeks, I am up to my head in painting the exterior porch for my Victorian rental. And this has been something that has refamiliarized me with the intricacies of not only painting, but particularly exterior painting. So I wanted to share with you the wealth of knowledge that I have accumulated over the years, as well as some of the new things that I have learned from this recent expedition into DIY painting. Now, even if you're not someone who's going to paint your own exterior rental, then I still encourage you to listen to this because the way that you can evaluate contractors and the way that you can know they're going to do the work properly is only if you have a base level of knowledge yourself. If you don't have any idea about what it takes to paint a home, to paint a wood surface on the outside, you're not going to have any idea on how to judge if they're going to do it properly or not, or if their bid makes sense. So definitely stay tuned regardless of whether you're a DIYer or you're going to hire it out. Building a real estate portfolio is as much about buying properties as being a de facto entrepreneur. I'm Karina Ufinger. I'm a multi-property investor, rental management company CEO, and also a landlord coach. I'm going to show you the systems and knowledge you need to thrive as a real estate entrepreneur. From your first property purchase to building a portfolio of passive income where you work less than five hours a week, you'll learn the essential information and skills to build a profitable portfolio and live the life you truly want. Whether you are well on your journey or just starting out, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Landlord Chick Podcast. Tip number one is to pick your colors first. This is especially true with exterior painting. Before you do any of your wood prep, like sanding and scraping, before you get your bids, pick your colors. Now, if you tend to be color indecisive, which my hand is absolutely raised right now because I am color indecisive. If you prep your wood first, you're leaving it vulnerable to further decay from mother nature and wear and tear while you're still trying to figure out what colors you're going to use. If you are hiring out, the final colors that you pick and how many colors you're using can impact the final price of the work. So it's important to have your colors picked out first, regardless of whether you're going to DIY it or you're going to contract it out. Tip number two, for every hour you spend painting, you should spend two hours prepping the surface. So for my porch, for every hour that I'm spending painting, I should be spending two hours prepping the wood surfaces. This was something I learned as a child working on my parents' rentals. Before I learned to write cursive in school, I knew how to hold a paintbrush and paint a porch spindle like a freaking god. So one of the lessons I learned from my parents was the importance of preparing wood properly. So I truly believe in the tip of the two to one ratio because this is something we got from my other grandfather who wasn't an investor, but he was an avid woodworker and wood restorer. He truly believed in spending two hours of prep for every one hour you were going to spend on either painting or staining a surface. 
Most people spend little time on the prep because they're hurrying to the finish line of getting the color on there. It's like, oh, let's just get it done, get the color on it, get it looking good. How you apply the color only has about a 30% effect on the way the paint wears. The other 70% is everything you do beforehand. So don't be the person that sprints to the end. Spend your time carefully preparing the wood surface so that your hard work will pay off and it will actually stick around. Tip number three is that scraping and sanding are cane. This is again something that came from my grandfather, the woodworker. Before you put down the primer, take a scraper and remove as much of the chipping and peeling paint that you can. Now, how much of this you have depends on how old the paint is and how much it's worn. The goal when you're scraping is to remove any paint that isn't properly adhering to the surface anymore. Now, once you've scraped the surface, the next thing you need to do is sand the surface and we're gonna sand everything. So sanding the surface does a few key things. For surfaces that were exposed wood, it removes the top layer of sediments and muck and things that can prevent the primer from properly adhering. This includes mold and mildew as long as a number of other things. So sanding the surface also provides a little bit of grip to the exposed wood, giving the primer something to stick to. If you've ever been able to peel paint off of a surface, like it was sunburnt skin, which I know sounds kind of disgusting, but if you've ever been able to do that, that's because you're pulling paint off of a flat surface that was smooth. It didn't have anything to stick to, so eventually it's just gonna peel straight up like sunburnt skin. When you are sanding, if you aren't going down to bare wood everywhere, and this is a debate for like an entirely different podcast, but if you aren't going down to bare wood everywhere, you will at least want to accomplish two things when sanding. First, smoothing the edges of the paint splotches. So where the paint is still going to be there, take your sander and at least smooth the edges, creating a slightly neater finish than leaving the rough edges created by chipping paint. Second, removing the faintest top layer of color thus roughing up the surface so the primer can stick easier. Now, you'll know you will have achieved this roughing up of the colored surface when there is just the slightest color change in the sanded area. So if you start with like a deep teal and you've sanded it with a power sander, likely, because that's going to be the most efficient way. Once you've sanded it and you see that slight color change where it's no longer that same deep teal, You've taken away the first layer and you've roughed it up. You've sanded it as much as you need to. Now quickly, if you do choose to use power sanders, don't use an orbital sander for this. You want to use a detailed sander, sander or, oh my gosh, my brain just went dead. I can't think of the other type of sander and this is gonna kill me. But just don't use an orbital sander to rough up your surfaces. Tip number four, don't forget to wipe. Okay, I'm sorry for that crude statement, but it certainly got your attention and it sums up what I'm about to say. After you finish sanding the surfaces, wipe them down with a slightly damp cloth. You don't want to soak the wood or get it any discernible level of wetness, 
you just want to get a barely damp cloth there so that it can easily collect the dust and debris off the surface. Give the surface about five to 10 minutes to air dry before priming. Now, that's not the only time you have to remember to wipe. You should also repeat the above if you've left the surface primed or painted for more than four hours and are doing another coat. So if that's confusing, let me, let me just break it down a little bit. If you apply primer, you let it dry overnight, then you come and do a second coat of primer or your first coat of paint, wipe it down before you paint. Similarly, if you paint the first layer, and let's say you go away for three and a half, four hours, when you come back, you should wipe it down again just very gently with that slightly damp cloth. The rule of thumb that my grandpa taught me was that you want to wipe down the surface. If you can take your hand along the paint and slightly graze it without disturbing the surface. So if you can actually take your hand across the railing without disturbing the paint significantly, you should take your damp cloth and wipe it down real quick. And of course we are always gently wiping. I'm going to leave that right there. And I'm going to go on to tip number five, which is earth tones don't fade as quick. Now, this was something I actually learned this time around. When I went to get the quartz samples of my colors, which we'll talk about next, the paint tech told me that when painting exterior surfaces, consider using earth tones for as much as possible because they don't fade as quickly. See, earth tones are made using naturally occurring elements rather than highly synthesized elements of lighter colors. What he's saying is basically God, the intelligent designer, Allah, whoever you believe in that created this earth that we live on, they created elements that, well, stand up well to nature. So it goes that paints that are made with these naturally derived elements will hold up against nature a little bit better. Now, how much is hard to say, but usually picking earth tones versus lighter colors can be the difference between fading by three years. So if you pick lighter tones, you might be painting three years sooner from fade than you would if you used earth tones. Now, this is across the board for your major paint brands. If you're getting your paint from the dollar store, you can just disregard this tip because nothing is going to change how freaking quick your paint will fade and just deteriorate anyway. So if you're actually, you know, if you're getting your paint from your dollar store, just don't do it at all. Just skip the entire project and spend your time and money somewhere else because dollar store paint is not worth it. All right, tip number six and the final tip. Sample the milk before you buy the cow. So before you commit to the gallons of your paint colors, buy quart samples. What most people do is they pick their colors, they go and buy gallons of their colors, and then they paint all of the red, all of the blue, all of the green, whatever colors they have. And only then do they realize when they've painted all of one color, do they hate that color? Or when they get to the next color that they hate the way those two go together. Don't be that person. Go to your paint store, get quart samples and use your quart samples in a small area that's close together where you can see the three colors in reality. But don't judge until you've done all the steps properly and it's thoroughly dried. So you want to do your paint prep 
prime it, apply your one coat of color, apply your second coat of color before you judge the color scheme. But beyond that, let it dry fully. When I was doing my porch, I did my final coats of all three of the colors. Then I left. I went and had lunch. I watched like three cat videos on YouTube, which added another 20 minutes. So that by the time I got back to the property, it was two hours later from when I had finished applying the second coat of paint. This gave me the ability to truly judge whether or not I liked those colors because these were the true colors I was going to get. They weren't in the process of drying. It wasn't only coat one. And I saw how they were going to interact together. And that was when I could make the decision that I actually really didn't like the yellow too well. So I made the change to the yellow that affected the red I picked out a little bit. So instead of getting all the way through like painting the red and the green and realizing that I hated the yellow and then going back and changing the red and having to prime everything all over again, I only had to adjust this small area, this small area on a post where I had all three of the colors. That was all the backtracking I had to do. So sample the milk before you buy the cow. I hope you guys have learned some things about exterior painting here. I've actually learned, I'm fairly passionate about this. I've realized that getting into this again, I have some very strong opinions about how this is done. Now, I know this is odd timing for this episode because at least here in the States, we're headed into winter. We're on the last end of fall, really. But this was all fresh in my head. It's something that I'm passionate about right here, right now. So I wanted to get it out there to you guys. So even if you're not going to be able to use this immediately because it's heading into winter, make a note in your calendar on your phone that when spring comes and you're starting to think about exterior painting, pop back to this episode and listen to it again, just to kind of refresh yourself so that you're going in prepared for what you're getting yourself into. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week and I will see you next time.